You're listening to Tottenstown. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Titans Time Podcast. I'm Tyler Staggs. Joining me uh, most of the time, as always, <laughs> my brother Tanner Staggs. For everyone that's been checking out like the preseason game reaction videos, haven't been putting the audio pod out on those, so make sure you go check out the YouTube if you want to see the last two of those. Tanner hasn't been able to make it, but he is blessing us with his presence today. So welcome to your first game reaction video. Oh. Okay. All right. You didn't have to do me like that to, to, <laughs> to start it off, but but that's fine. Um, guys, today we're going to be talking about the preseason game versus the Bears. The first preseason game, spoiler alert, that the Titans lost um, here in 2021. And also we're going to be talking about the cut down to 53 that the Titans are going to have to make on Tuesday. Um, Tyler, before we get into all that, let's plug everything, make sure we get all of that in and let everyone know how they can help the podcast. So guys, if you want to support the podcast, make sure... For one, go check out our merch. All you have to do is go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections. If you want to support the audio pod, whatever platform you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, either go subscribe or follow whatever it's called on there. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Maybe leave us some questions. We really appreciate that. For Everyone watching on YouTube, go down. If you have not already, hit that subscribe button. Turn it from red to gray. Click the little bells beside it so you never miss when we upload a video. If you like the video, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you actually like the video. It, it, it means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. Share the video with other fans. doesn't have to just be Titans fans, just NFL fans in general. And leave us some comments on the video. Let us know, since the Titans haven't cut down to 53 yet, who you think is going to make the 53-man roster. Also, make sure that you are following us on social media. The ones that we're most active on, on Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. On Facebook, it's Titans time. And on Instagram, it's Titans time podcast. And Tanner, I'm just going to say, you may have to carry the show most of the way today. My voice after that game last night is just a little bit shot. Well, listen, I think that you have a, a, a lot more information down there than I do, so I, All right, for one, I would you're, be okay if you carried the show. You're not supposed to be looking over here at my notes. You just keep your eyes on your own shit over there. All I have is my phone, so <laughs> we'll try to get through this. Um, but anyways, uh, Titans, they have absolutely slaughtered the other team in the first two preseason games. I mean, uh, this Falcons is the first game. and Tampa Bay. This is the first game where the Titans' defense – has allowed a touchdown in the preseason. So 27 to 24, the Bears won, which, I mean, I'm not going to dwell that much on a preseason it, it, loss. It's, it's, it's preseason. Pre- and it, that's almost like talking about practice. I mean, really, do you want to go undefeated in preseason? I don't know. Do you? I, that's what I'm saying. Do you? Because I'm pretty sure there's been teams before they've went undefeated in the preseason, then next thing you know, they get to the regular season and they suck it up. The the thing is, it has n- absolutely no correlation to how the team plays in the regular season, in my opinion. I mean, there's well, because you're not, no correlation there. You're not always seeing your starters out there. The other teams that you're playing, you're not always seeing their starters. Even if you see part of the starters, you're not seeing their full starting team. You know why the preseason doesn't matter and does, has absolutely 
no connection or correlation to the way the team plays in the regular season because guys like Daniel Munyer play in the preseason. That's why. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to say. I was a little worried about where you were carrying that with the preseason not mattering because when you get down to trying to make decisions about the 53-man roster – Oh, yeah, it matters the, for that. The preseason 100%. definitely matters. Yes, because it does. we seen last year how you didn't get a preseason. So, for one, that gives that doesn't give your rookies any tune-up games to really get used to the speed. They're just kind of thrown out there. And you have to make decisions based off just some practices and not seeing live action of these guys going against other teams for guys that are fighting for roster spots. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. So, for the backups and for the rookies, the preseason is absolutely huge. There were a few guys who this past game specifically, it was absolutely huge for. Now, whether or not they showed up or not and took advantage of that, we'll talk about as the show goes on. But it looks like you kind of want to say something uh, right oh, now. I do. Uh, going into this game, we I, I'm going to speak for you on this because I believe we were on the same page. We thought that the backup quarterback position, we thought Matt Barkley had it locked up all he had to do was come into this game and not shit the bed and guess what folks he couldn't do it he just couldn't do it i still i still feel like the quarterback deal don't, is a toss-up don't don't get i me don't that. think that logan woodside completely has it locked up but here's the thing I, i'm gonna like keep myself from being wrong here when the cut down to mm -hmm. 53 happens because it can go either way it really can well I'm what? not going to be mad if it's Barkley. I'm not going to be mad if it's Woodside because Woodside has not played great either. He has played how you would expect a backup quarterback to play. Barkley has played exactly how you would expect a quarterback that has never had success in the NFL in his pretty long career. Woodside likes to sit back and try and be more efficient. He's going to be a guy who tries to take care of the ball a little bit more and not force the issue, whereas Barkley – the thing that gets in his way is his decision-making sometimes. We'll touch on what happened in this preseason game here in a minute, but he's more willing to push it down the field. But if you turn the ball over, that does you no good in trying to secure a roster spot. I agree. And I, I know Logan Woodside had an interception in this game. A, a pick six at that. But I, I do want to talk about that more here in just a little bit. When you coming into this game, though, that every two series, these guys were going to be switching in and out which can be tough and really show, you know, I guess the mental toughness of these guys because you could get something rolling in the two series that you're out there and then you're off the field for two series. So you could lose everything you have. Or, you know, it could be a chance of, okay, I had two really bad series out there. I need to sit over here, regroup, and see if you can go back out there and get things right. Right, I agree. Um, so let's just get into, let's start with the quarterbacks and get into their performances from this game. Um, I'm first going to talk about Matt Barkley a little bit because um, the stats do not jump off the page. Um, he had just a little bit under a 50% completion rate. And of course, he had the interception, which was, I'm, I'm going to let you touch on that in a minute. Um, a, a, a bad decision. Um, and then he just didn't really look all that great. Ex I mean, he had a, there were a few exceptions where you were like, Oh, you know, 
there you go. I mean, he's showing a little something right there. But then, especially at the end of the game, and I know there was not a whole lot that he could do, but that one ball that it was like almost the last chance that they had at possibly putting a last-second drive together. You're talking about like their last drive of the game? And Yeah, yeah. And it was like an absolute mutilated, injured duck just <laughs> somehow found its way onto the field. And I text, it's the one that I texted you after. Uh, of course, you were probably like way ahead of me, so I'm not sure if you knew exactly which one I was talking about. But it, he threw it. It looked like he was going to be going way down the field. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he cocked back and was, it really looked like, and I don't know if it got tipped. I, I think that was one where it, he got it, hit a little bit. It had to, something had to have happened. Is, because is that the one where the Bears player dropped? It almost been got picked off. Um, I texted you and I was like, what was that? Yeah, and that's the thing is, I believe he got hit right about the time he was going to be releasing that ball. But I do want to rewind a little bit to the interception that he did have. You touched on it, said it was a bad decision. So I'm sitting down at the end zone where the Titans are driving towards. So I'm looking at the Titans' offense from the Bears' defensive side. Right. And I went back and I rewatched this game this morning just to see it from a different view. I have no idea what he thought he's seen on that play. Trevathan dropped back in coverage, and earlier that drive, Barkley had had a questionable decision where he tried to force the ball to either uh, Luke Stalker or uh, Tommy Hudson. I can't remember which one it was, but he had Marcus Johnson down you know, a couple yards from him, in front of him, who was wide open. But he tried to force this ball to the tight end, and... It got knocked down. So after seeing that play, Trevathan kind of knew when they called this zone, whatever the Bears defense was running, to drop back a little bit and he may have an opportunity. So Barkley was looking for Nick Westbrook on a slant route, trying to get into the end zone, and Trevathan dropped right back in front of this. But even if Trevathan had not dropped back, I still don't know what Barkley was looking at because the corner was right there with really good coverage on Nick Westbrook, and the safety had come down right there. If Trevathan hadn't have picked it off, best-case scenario is I believe that ball gets is incomplete. That's best-case scenario, right. which obviously helps out a little bit because it's not a turnover. You still possibly get in the end zone or at least get a field goal out of the deal. But – when you're talking about the decision-making and taking care of the ball, I, I don't know what he was looking at. Yeah, and, and I mean, the the worst thing about that situation is the fact that it was in the red zone. Yes. Because you, you Where don't, you cannot turn the ball over. Yeah, you can't sure. make mistakes in the red zone because once you get down there, I mean, like you said, an incomplete pass would have completely helped the situation because then at that point – if you end up not getting it into the end zone, you kick a field goal. Right. But you have a very good chance at points if you can just take care of the ball in the red zone. You can at least get a field goal in most cases. I mean, in live time when I'm sitting there and I see this interception, as soon as he throws it, I'm like, what is he doing? Because there's three bears right there around Nick Westbrook. What is he doing? Like, I don't, what did he see on that? And like I said, when I rewatched it, I was like, I just need to see if this corner and this safety were as close as I was thinking. Because, you know, going back to the Tampa game, Barkley threaded the needle a little bit to get a touchdown pass to 
Kenzie, this window was going to be a lot smaller than that one. Maybe he thought he could make it. Well, he thought wrong. He has a little bit too much confidence in his arm, if that's the case. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he thought wrong. But to, to Logan Woodside's performance, because he played a decent game. He I'm did. not going to say that he came out if he ends up with this backup job. Which Okay, so I'm going to put the chances, and we'll talk more about this once we get to uh, us putting together a somewhat of a rough 53-man roster prediction before the end right. of the show. But um, – I lost. I was trying to explain that. Now I've lost my train of thought. Anyways, um, <laughs> talking about Woodside's performance. Yeah, so Logan Woodside, I don't feel like he necessarily. If he ends up with the job, I don't feel like he necessarily won it for himself as much as Barkley handed it to him. And that's a good point because all, like I said, Barkley, he just had to come out and have a good game. If he would have come out, he just had, had to have a Logan Woodside top game. If he would have come out, had a good game, he probably could have secured that backup quarterback spot. But when you come out, and the stats are a little, I'm going to say a little skewed because I believe Barkley had more passing yards, but one thing that helped out with that is he was able to connect with Des Fitzpatrick coming across the middle for a really big game. So that, that And then you also have outside. whoever whoever got uh, the, the pass to blasting game, the screen pass. Where he had a, that a was, monster uh, game. I don't know if that was Woodside or Barkley, but I, I think that was Woodside, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, well, I, uh, he had a monster game on that one too. So, um, and, but but how about uh, blasting game with the wheels? I mean, turning on listen, the speed. Hey, I knew from some of his stuff at Vanderbilt that he was going to be quick for a fullback. Well. And this is where you've probably done a little bit more looking than I have on that because I'm sitting here, it's a third and long, and I see Blasting Game back there, and I'm like, I, you know, I guess they're just going to do some kind of run. Or maybe he's back there to block for, they're going to try a long pass, but who, who knows. And then I see him slip out for this fullback screen, and I'm like, uh, okay. I don't. And then I see him taking off downfield, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so he he's really quick and athletic for a fullback, and I really like um, – I just like the way that he fits into this offense. I think that there's a really good, very niche spot there for him to where he can, he can do things like that. Um, he's not going to have as much of an opportunity when Darrington Evans is healthy, when obviously you have Derrick Henry also there. Um, and then let's talk a little bit as well about Makai Sargent. Man, that guy, the first guy is not bringing him down. Like, if you want the first guy to bring him down, you better have two more guys right there ready to hit him as well. I thought he played a great game, and I'm, I am, I'm going to riot, honestly, if it's not <laughs> Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans, and Makai Sargent. And it's funny because Paul Kraharski tweeted out something about how fans were getting really big on Sargent, thinking that he should make the 53-man roster. And in true Paul fashion, he was like, well, if you look at tonight, he is averaging, you know, three-point-something yards per carry, whereas whereas Brian Hill was averaging, like, over four yards a carry. And I'm like, okay, you're you're looking at this game. I don't know that it was the starters for the Bears out there, because I believe Sargent was the one that started the game. But some of his carries also came down in the red zone. 
where they were trying to get a touchdown. So His not, touchdown run. He's not going to average as many yards, but if you put it together over the whole preseason, comparing these running backs of who should be that third running back behind Henry and Evans, I think Sargent averaged like 3.8 yards per carry, whereas Hill was at like 3.5. And Sargent's had more carries. so And it may end up being Brian Hill. We'll talk about this more once again uh, during the roster projections, but it may very well end up being him just for special teams reasons. Um, but like I said, we'll talk about that some more. Let's get into um, kind of some – just hit on some quick final thoughts uh, about the game before we get into that because I definitely want to set aside plenty of time to talk about the roster right. and predict the, the final 53. So Because, I mean, it's a preseason game. We did get to see Lawan and Saffold get out for there. For two drives, right? For two drives. Right. And it's good to see them out there because, you know, Lawan hasn't played any since his injury. So it's good for him to get out there, get back into the speed of the game, see that, hey, everything's everything's going to be okay. Um, another thought on Logan Woodside, him and Cam Batson have some amazing chemistry and timing together. Who would have thought that little Cam Batson would be, right now, our best uh, fade guy when you get down near the end zone? <laughs> And that's – I think that is the throw that probably secured Logan Woodside as the backup quarterback because it was a perfectly pay, placed ball. Des Fitzpatrick dropped a – what would have been a touchdown catch on – I guess you would call it a fade. I rewatched this game because they were down at the other end. So, at first, I thought it was just really good defense by the corner – and the corner was there, but if you really watch from another view, and this probably would have seen the, been the view that you've seen on TV, it looked to me like the ball hit right between his numbers. He was trying to catch it with his body versus bringing it in with his hands, and it just got knocked out. And that's one of the biggest knocks on Des Fitzpatrick, um, in my opinion. I just I feel like if he could fine-tune that a little bit, start to catch more with his hands and less with trying to rely on his body, that would just be a major improvement right there. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, I want to ask because obviously you were at the game and pr can probably have a lot better idea about this than me. Um, thoughts on Caleb Farley? I, I was hoping we were going to get to this again right quick before diving into this roster. Caleb Farley, you, I mean, you can tell that I still have faith in him. I do. I want to make that clear from the start. But he's going to have they're going to have to start ramping up more of his playing time right now. And I don't think he'll see a lot the first couple of weeks. And even when he does start playing more, we're not going to see him on the number 1 guy. We're right not now. going to see Farley and Hopkins. We're not going no. to see Farley and Metcalf. No, and we don't need to because <laughs> right now he needs to keep some confidence. Please no. <laughs> he needs to keep some some confidence and we've seen so you're saying you're you're saying that it would be that bad. It would be a confidence I'd, breaker. <clears throat> Farley on Hopkins, possibly a career breaker. I'm not going to say a career breaker, but it could be a little bit of a setback. <laughs> and that's just because again, he hasn't played a snap really 
it, it's been two years since he's really played. Right. So there's a lot of rust there. Last time he played, he was facing, I think it's ACC players. Right. Now he's facing NFL caliber players. I mean, he's going against these guys. He got beat on a slant route, let the guy get inside, and the guy was just running off from him. Um, and that was in press coverage, too. And then the times where he's not playing press coverage, it looks like we're going back to the playing 10 yards off the receiver. And, hell, that's how Nick Foles was killing us when he come in because guys were spaced out so far from the receivers, all he had to do was get a quick pass to him and let him try and make a play. And there was another, the challenge play that the Titans had. Farley just got beat on that guy's cut. I mean, he did. And he tried to recover. And we know that Farley is fast. But he got beat out, and he barely got to the guy. And I don't think he influenced that guy not making, not coming down inbounds. I think the guy, whenever his one foot hit, and he was trying to get out of bounds as well. He just launched himself a little too far, and it caused his elbow to come down out of bounds before his hip came down inbounds. All right, so, I, I mean, if there's anything else that you want to hit on about this game, go ahead and do that. I, I don't have anything else to talk about. Uh, I, I'm just glad our defense got to go against Justin Fields some. He was able to get outside the pocket and make a couple of plays. Yes, he was. Which can be some learning curves for the Titans. But it's good because I feel like our first-string defense, we've seen all of them except for Bud Dupree and Harold Landry out there. And they looked good. They're not the ones that gave up the touchdown right. to the Bears. So that's something to look forward to. But really, that's kind of my last thoughts on the game. And, I mean, it's a preseason game. Again, I've been harping that all year or all season so far. It's preseason right now. Yes, we can get excited about some of these guys that are trying to get roster spots. But now we're on to the Cardinals and getting ready for that home opener. Exactly. Um, so let's get into this 53-man roster projection. Um, this will be the official 53-man roster projection for the Titans Time Podcast, and it's a little bit bittersweet because, unfortunately, we are going to have to be forced to agree on some things, and that's <laughs> not well, ever fun with man, you. So Mainly because I'm the only one who actually wrote down a 53-man roster. But I, I have I got, I, I got I, a I lot did. of information in this noggin right here. So. Yeah, don't. Don't lie to our listeners now. <laughs> uh, we'll start out with just the special teamers, the kicker, punter, and long snapper. I mean, those are a lock. We have Sam kicking thicken yep. as the kicker. We have Brett Kern. Are you sure? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, Vrabel telling Kern he needs to work on his. I heard FedEx a has a promising prospect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We've seen how that worked. I think FedEx has a better chance of their packages actually being delivered intact than him coming back to the Titans. Okay. <laughs> and then the long snapper, Morgan Cox. So that's three. That are spoken for right there. That are spoken for. Now let's jump to the quarterback position. It's going to be Tannehill and Woodside. I'm going to lock in Woodside there too just because um, I feel like if I had to put – uh, a percent chance on it. I'm I'm leaning sixty forty Woodside. 
So, I, and I know you're probably a little bit more heavy Woodside, but I, I'm okay locking him in right there for this and projection. We could still see Woodside and Barkley both on the team because if Tannehill does not come out of COVID protocol before Tuesday, true, because the Titans have to be t- cut down Tuesday at three o'clock Central Time, but the guys on the COVID list don't affect this, right? So they could possibly keep Woodside and Barkley to try and make sure that whichever one they cut gets past that first round of uh, claim players and then cut them and get them on the practice squad really quick. Uh, then going to running back, I'm going to have Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans, and I have Sargent. Getting yeah, that I, I agree that with Sargent there. Um, I, I, me personally – I want Sargent on there. I don't be surprised if you do see Brian Hill on there for special teams purposes. I don't know about Sargent on special teams, uh, but I do know that, that Brian Hill can be valuable on special teams. And then fullback, we have blessing game. That's Love it. That's a lock. Um, we're going to touch on wide receivers last. Yeah. Uh, tight ends. I have the Titans keeping four. I have Jeff Swain, Anthony Ferkser, Tommy Hudson, and Luke Stocker. Yeah, that, um, that's the I'm four okay with guys that. I have right there. We could see that get moved around a little bit more, and maybe them only keep three. You could see but, that drop to three, and we'll talk about that a little bit more with the wide receivers at the end. So. Right. Then offensive line, we have Lawan, Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, uh, Questenberry, Tyson Brylo, Randoons, or Radens. Sorry about that, and. <clears throat> Run out of breath right quick here. Calm down. Brewer and Lamb. Yeah. So I have nine offensive linemen being kept. Then jumping to the defensive side, cornerbacks. I'm going with Jackrabbit Jenkins, Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, Elijah Molden, Breon Borders, and Chris Jackson. I have them. I think it's a great list. I think that uh, it was probably hard for you to put Chris Jackson on there. It was. But I (laughs) think. I think he's the he's the guy there at, at number six. Uh, I'm going to skip safeties for just right now and go to inside linebackers because I feel like that's the next one that's just pretty much settled. We're going to have Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, David Long Jr., and Monty Rice. Any okay. arguments there? No, no, I think no, no. Definitely needs not. To be added? Definitely not. Um, defensive line, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Altry, Tier Tart, Larell Murchison, and I think it's Anthony Rush. And the, okay. re- the reason don't know I, a whole lot about Anthony Rush, but well, the the only reason I had them keeping Anthony Rush is because he's a bigger guy. So if for some reason Tart has to come out of the game for just a little breather, we need another big guy to plug in there, and I think that's where he'll fit in. Okay. Outside linebackers. Uh, this one's tough, and I want to say with this fifty-three man roster. We could see this just because these may be the 53 left Tuesday at three does not mean this is going to be the final 53. Right. Because the Titans, you know, they're looking at other teams who other teams are going to release. They could say, oh, that guy, they just released him. Okay. You know what? Uh, This last outside linebacker, we're getting rid of him to bring him in. Yeah. But four outside linebackers. There's no, but there's no way that we can predict that. So right. we're just going with what they've got. Four outside linebacker. I have Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Rashad Weaver, John Simon, 
Ola. I'm not even going to attempt that last <laughs> name because I already butcher names enough. And I have Roberson being kept. Absolutely Roberson, for sure. And, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't high on him right now. But I, I think I think he'll stay. Now going back to the safeties, I have Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, Matthias Farley, and I think they need to keep four. Didn't really know who that fourth one needed to be, so I just went with Bradley McDougal. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Um, I'm mostly just excited to debate the wide receivers. All right. So, so now we're to the wide receivers. I I have them keeping six right now, and that'll put the roster right at 53 players. And but I only have four wrote down right now because this is so tough. But I have AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Josh Reynolds, Chester Rogers. I'm a little concerned about Marcus Johnson because he left the field hurt again last night. So with that being said, for the fifth receiver, mainly because of his special teams and maybe some stuff we haven't seen in practice, I'm going to go with Nick Westbrook. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Um, he is, in my opinion, going to be one of the one of the guys there. Racy McMath had a, a window at the beginning of the preseason. Don't think he really capitalized on that. Haven't heard much from him after the first couple of days of camp, and now he is on the COVID list. So he, I'm gonna say he's out. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. Um, he he never capitalized on his opportunity, especially early in the preseason, and so that just kind of. And then the COVID list thing, it just wasn't great circumstances. It was great circumstances for him at first. He had a lot of hype going for him and all that. But it just didn't work out. Um, so I think Westbrook will be the, the special teams guy there. Um, lastly. And, and then for my last guy that okay, I'm going to have. Okay. okay. Um, this is either, in my opinion, going to be – well, there, there's three guys that it could be. It could be – Des Fitzpatrick, I think it could be Cam Batson possibly. It definitely could. I mean, he he had a game last night. Or I'm going to throw out Mason Kinsey. And just going off how the Titans do, like what they like more in a receiver, even though I made the argument that they might need to keep Mason Kinsey for a backup to Rodgers in case he were to get hurt, I think they're probably going to go Des Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, if I had to change anything about this list, I would end up, um, I would end up dropping a tight end. Don't know exactly which one that would be. Uh, now, now don't get me wrong. The six wide receiver, four tight end. I am like I definitely see a window for that. Um, but if anything were to change, I feel like there could be an opportunity for three tight ends. And then Des Fitzpatrick and Cam Batson. Okay, so if we were to drop off a tight end, I'm probably dropping Luke Stalker. And if I add another receiver, I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to go Mason Kinsey. Okay. All right, over but, Cam Batson. Uh, over Cam Batson. After the performance that he just had. Yeah, just because Mason Kinsey has been more consistent, I feel like, this preseason. I See, my thing with Cam Batson is uh, partially the history with the team. Uh, the past couple of years. Don't know why I feel like that's important, but I do. 
Is there anything else that you got? That's all I got. Thanks for watching. This has been Totten's Time, and as always, Totten up. Mm-hmm.